We are back from our Passover break. Um, no, 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 I'm going to lean into the mic. Your Passover break, our Easter break. <laughs> Easter. It's, it's really. You know do what? we want to take this back two thousand years? Because I will take this back two thousand years. No, no, no. no it's, it's it's because just like in the public school systems, we only get holidays for for uh, Jewish religions because those are the only ones. My, uh, Most of uh, the teachers are Jewish. Yeah. It's true. Well, no, at least in New York City, those are the only ones Storm enforces. I'm the boss. We take off my holidays. Oh, no. He's pulling the teacher card. Yep. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of mean. But then again, we get more days off because we, besides the like political holidays, uh, Christians really don't have much besides Easter and Christmas. It's true. It's true. I don't think anyone's really like taken off for Assumption Day or something like that. There's an Assumption Day? There is an Assumption Day. What is, do, do, does everybody assume on that day? <laughs> I walked right into that. Yeah, you did. You brought it up. <laughs> you, didn't run, you didn't walk. You sprinted. <laughs> he has a point. Well, <coughs> and they well, do anything interesting this week? Um, um, I mean, I've been spending uh, a lot of time kind of focusing on trying to improve the website and get back to writing articles. I actually started writing a song recently. Um, the, the the title of it for now is called The Siren, but I haven't finished writing it yet. So Is it about Borderlands? No, it's not Why about not? Borderlands. The but siren. that's the class. Mm-hmm. She has magic. Yes, we know. Shut up. Not they a video may not game know. Podcast. I'm the, gesturing at the mic. They, the masses, should know. The masses. That's a diaphragm. That's what the mic... <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I, um, I do want to talk about for a moment. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to the Wasties, Sarah, Molly, Alex, Gnome, and Robert. Um, they're playing a show next week at Sidewalk New York for any local fans, which is at 94th Avenue A in New York, New York. <laughs> Um, it's Thursday, April 11th, and I believe it starts at 11 p.m. Um, you should go check it out. The Wasties are a fun band. They do a nice mix of different stuff. They're very much a Celtic-style band, and they're a lot of fun. That was a nice pitch. Yeah, they put on you a You should show. do it at the end, though, because that's where when you usually pitch is at the end of the podcast. I didn't want to forget. I'll do it again. No, <laughs> I have to do it again do now? Do it again now, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. No, so, I'm taking does... notes. He's going to have to do it again. So, so Interjection, though... actually interruption. I need to focus uh, a little bit of our energy onto John's doodle. I think he's drawing some kind of circuit. Is this to, like some kind of device that you're building? No. Like a robot? Sorts? It's how I, it was what I was inspired to draw this week when listening to our album choice. Oh, well. That's fair. That's I what I walked segue. right into a segue. You did. That's kind of cool. All right. So. Wait, I had stuff that... No, I didn't. <laughs> no, yeah, you never do. <laughs> Nothing happened. Let the segue happen. Um, so uh, the, the album this week was my choice. It was They Might Be Giants' new record, Nanobots. It's a 25-track monster that actually wasn't that long for 25 tracks. 45 minutes. Yeah, so about average length for, <laughs> for many tracks. Many of these tracks are very short. <laughs> Which we'll get into as we get to them. Um, I like to think of them as succinct. <laughs> succinct. Of course you would. <laughs> what does succinct mean? Succinct? Uh, to the point. 
<laughs> that um, was very succinct. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, doesn't happen John all looks, the time. He John shut me up. Put yeah. Put yeah, out. you shut yeah. me up. Yeah. That, that, okay. That's hard to do. Our, getting into our first track um, is "You're on Fire," which you're is "You're on Fire." This was hysterical <laughs> lyrically. It's talking about this guy's head who just he spontaneously head that, combusts. Yeah, his head just randomly explodes. Lyrically, just fun. Yeah, it was really funny, and it was clever. <laughs> Musically. It should remind you of all oh, that might be giants. It should be said this is they might be giants' sixteenth album. That's quite Holy a number. Moly. It's been a, a long time since wait, they uh, wowed us all with Constantinople, Istanbul, Constantinople, Istanbul. Wait, wait, wait. Storm just said, "Holy moly!" Yeah, it did. Just really? wanna, yeah, he really did. I did. Really? We're gonna spend time on this. He's like this that's the... like what ninety-year-old men do. Well, we I've who prob- cannot curse in front of their I've wives? I've probably said, uh, said. I try not to curse on the podcast. Older. Oh, you're such a good guy. No, I just don't want to get, get put into guy. a different category on iTunes once we're back on iTunes. <laughs> you're you on know, fire. Just to go back to this Istanbul's Constantinople song, I know that's old. They might be giants, and yeah. <laughs> as we corrected ourselves from last week, it is a cover. Yep. Of um, the four lads who did it in the '50s and all that, but just some of the lyrics of that song. You know, they never mentioned Byzantium. Because once it was Byzantium, yeah. then it was Constantinople, then it was Istanbul. They completely leave that whole part of history out. I I have to like ask, that. are you sure it's not Byzantium? I'm quite sure, because I took two semesters of Latin. Okay. I shut you up again, alright. I didn't even shut <laughs> you up, I was asking a question. Fair enough. You're on fire. It's Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> that was the it, theme it did, of the it song. It did very much yeah. feel like Saturday morning cartoon theme. I yeah. can see that. And it's, it's, um, it's very, like... An indie take on New Wave, because the band themselves were New Wave back in the early 90s, kind of following up on that whole 80s trend, but they did evolve very slightly with all the 90s alternative music that came out, but they kept their sense of humor, and that's what I like best about them. Um, that's probably why it sounds kind of cartoonish, yeah. the, the word of the day for this record is definitely going to be clever. There's clever lyrics, there's clever toying with the instruments, there's lots of different things that they do very... I don't want to go back to the word quirky, because we use that way too much. I use that way too much. I think it's more clever it, than quirky, it's though. It's probably even a better example of quirky than other things True. We, we've listened to. It's... They were... It's almost... Okay, Nanobot's next track, it's like they were challenged to make a song about nanobots. Yeah. And their idea of what the song would be like. It, it's like these guys were Barney Stinson making an album. Nobody actually told them to do these songs, but they're like, well, challenge accepted. I gotta do this. That's what I felt like these first few tracks were, were for me. You know, I almost want to take it in a different... Like it was a bet. I want to take that kind of in a different direction. I think these guys kind of take the Randy Newman approach. They write <laughs> on what they see. They're like, uh, Very they're watching a documentary on Tesla. Hey, let's write a song about Tesla. Like, But Nanobots, the next track, Nanobots, was about... Tiny little robots growing and, and propagating and becoming bigger tiny little robots. It was fun. I it I, is. Not a science it was, flare. It was it was weird listening to the lyrics. It was enjoyable though. Take the first little um little nitpick here though. I didn't think it was as strong as it should have been for a title track. Um I wasn't as big on it personally. There was plenty of other songs in this album that stood out much more than this. Yeah, but track. I know I can. I, I could have. I can think of it. ten albums off the top of my head. Please don't test me on that. Uh-huh. Although I probably could do it. 
Um, Try me. Um, ten albums off the top of my head where the title track wasn't the best track on the record. It's not always the best track on the record. No, but it, it, it does, should be kind of have a single um, vibe to it. No, I felt no. there was distinction in this track, but I think its placement is more appropriate than to making it the title track because this wasn't as distinct well, actually, as the later pieces. It's good you bring up placement because I think they're pulling that old trick which I've admired in some of the other work we've looked at, which is putting their more accessible stuff at the front of the album. The stuff that's catchier, gets you going, ha- you have a little bit more fun with, even though it's the mo- not the most blatantly experimental. And then they save that stuff for the middle, for the end, as we get into the, uh, the oh, teens and the 20s here. We get punched in the face with experimental we later. We really, really do. So I, I think just that's point to... It's it's important to point out a little bit of arc there. I think that's their tactic here. They want to be experimental, oh, yeah. but they're purposely waiting. Yeah, and I mean they they're reeling the one, you in this way. The one thing that they're sticking by is their skewed lyrics, where they the words don't quite have the same flow as like a true classic style song, where you're expecting words. They kind of give you a little bit of a turn with how they sing and what they're actually singing. I want to say it's a little bit tongue in cheek. Yeah. Always tongue Everything. in cheek. Oh, yeah. Uh, Black Ops, track three. So, Extremely tongue in cheek because these guys were playing video games. That's what it was. It was a video game song. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of politics in here. Yeah. I like, was actually playing I really don't okay. think you're you reading into that, that deeply. No, no, no. You didn't play the game Black Ops. This was about the actual Call of Duty game Black, Black Ops. Ops. It was. It definitely we, was. shot commies See, in the game and they shot commies in the, the song. song. That's exactly it really what it was. was. So you're shooting me right back with meta. <laughs> this is this yeah, is full fledged right, meta, meta here. Yeah. It's like oh, I wrote down it's two about things. the video game. No, no, you think it's about the real thing? Nope, it's about the video game. No, it's quite literally about <laughs> the video game, which is about politics. Um, oh, lovely. It was quadruple. Quadruple meta. L O L freaking indie. It was a very indie oriented track. It was like. I think that might be part you know, of the joke. And I, I'm using indie the way I, we discussed it before the podcast. I feel like this was more of a unusual underground type song. Mm, that's not what we discussed before the podcast. At least I don't think that's... Look, indie is kind of a broad genre in of itself, but not quite as broad as, let's say, alternative. Alternative is super broad. Indie, I, I've come to look at as most of the, um, the more concert-oriented... Uh, jump up and down rock of the mid-2000s. I think some of the other stuff in this album has that vibe. I'm not sure I'd apply that to Black Ops. Black Ops is really, really kind of low-key. Black Ops had a very simple but heavy percussion that I really enjoyed. It got yeah. you bouncing, though. Yeah. If you're going to say it's the kind of jump up and down, yeah. Really? With the, yeah, kind of, no, the, I, the slow melody? It was the, very slow. The creepy no whisper into yeah. your ear? This wasn't bouncy at all. That I can see myself later. grooving with this. G- grooving is not the same as jumping up and down at all. Okay, okay. Two very different that, experiences. It. <laughs> uh, well, then what would you what would you define this as? I don't know. I'll <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, tell you everything it's not. <laughs> okay, at least I'm trying. Yes. But it is a real... It's... Is it satirical is it just ironic is it just straightforward i don't really don't know how to decide. they kind of hit oh they get kind of meta on themselves here. i mean it's a very straightforward track if you know what video game it's referencing to you'll get but it even if you don't you if you know what black ops are 
you can still kind of get it even without knowing the game that well. Because I I've never played Black Ops. I know of it, but I've never played it. But you know, I know what a Black Ops is. To a point, anyway. Uh, I, I just love the the lyrics are so like awful. It's almost like a fairy tale. Yeah. I no, that's not even the way to put it. I don't know. I, maybe there's no way to describe it without actually like giving you a taste. It's like, oh hey, there's one I missed. Oh look, a communist. Yeah. And his dumb son. <laughs> I mean, it's just so. I don't. Oh. Disclaimer before we get any further in the album: if you are not following along on Spotify, you should. Yes. This, this yes, is this album should. is very difficult to describe. We always encourage you guys to follow along with us on Spotify. The free version of Spotify allows you to do that. Join There's the discussion. Join the debate. But, but but if you could think of what it reminds you of, please do post it. Yeah, post on the website. But um, let's move on to the next track, "Lost My Mind," which is <laughs> very minimalistic. Yeah, compared the, to their previous tracks, the backbeat of drums yeah, yeah. adds character to the song. Though, well, I don't know. One could also say that Black Ops was minimalistic. Actually, I think that's it. You you just t- told me what it was. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, this one reminded me of The Cave by Mumford and Sons. I mean, that's the one I could really draw up. Yeah, I can, I can definitely that. see that too. Uh, uh, it was The lyrics again, are great though. My favorite line, one of my favorite lines in the whole album, but my favorite line, terrorizing villages with intelligent remarks. Just the <laughs> it's the, great. The, the picture they're painting here is awesome. The, Just pure awesome. See, these guys are great lyricists, not because it's complicated necessarily, but it's but how they say it. It's thinking and, music. And, yeah, and it's exactly how they put it together. Even if it's very simple lyrics, the construction of them adds a level of complexity, even if the words are very simple. I'll make, a, I'll make a parallel to um, uh, System of a Down. Without the complexity of systems lyrics, but the double meanings and the more unusual uh, uh, composition of their words, yeah, is very much that sort of, of of an idea. You can look deep into it, but taking it at face value is a lot easier. Yeah, no, I can get oh, behind yeah. that. Comparison. Oh, we have a song later on the album where trying to take it for what it is is just as confusing. <laughs> but we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, moving on to track five, Circular Karate Chop. This just sounded like a kid's song. It wasn't anything special, but it was still clever. And you gotta remember, I, I gotta, I gotta challenge you on that. I yeah. really, really thought the produ- the production level on this particular song had taken a little bit of a hike. No, but I just think it had the feel of a kid's song, which is um, appropriate. They have made, they might be giants have made a bunch of kids' music. Oh yeah, it just oh, kinda, yeah. there is that the inflection uh, yeah. in the lyrics and the way they were singing about it felt like a kid's song, even though the content clearly wasn't. Uh, the content is pretty, it can be pretty complex. I think here. I particularly liked like the breakdowns where he just continuously progressed the melody during during a bridge. It was very interesting. Yeah, I just liked how the, the, the inflection of the lyrics and the inflection of the singing denoted child song, happy fun time. Well, it also, the, if I'm, I, this, these lyrics were a little bit hard for me to follow as many times as I listened to it. Uh, they were talking about, if I'm not mistaken, a kid who's kind of proud that he can do a karate chop. A circular karate chop. Like yeah. a little kid with a yellow belt who's only about four foot nothing and is made out of string beans who really can't kick anybody's butt, but he's like, hey, look what I can do. Hi-ya! Made out of string beans? You know a string bean kid? Don't get into his head. It's, it's a waste of time. Like his muscles are tiny little bumps along his arms. Like that. That's what I mean. Like a little kid. 
<laughs> where he makes he he does he does something. You know, you know, I'll, I'll I'll back John on this one only because even if it doesn't really make any sense to you, you do get the idea of like stringiness, like like yeah, like a true. like a very wimpy character who you've probably seen on Doug at some point. You know, <laughs> there, you go. Hey, there you go. There you go. He's go. Skeeter. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Moving on. <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah, it no, was it was fun. a fun song. Does anyone this remember is... the breakdown in the song, too? That no. just was completely... Like, it seemed divorced from the rest. My eyes were bleeding at this part. Maybe there were so many of those breakdown moments in the course of this album that it didn't particularly stand out to you. Uh, it was one of the first that I thought no, was I very remember much it. so. Yeah, it did kind of stand out, but it worked for the song, I felt. Even oh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I believe so, too. Um, I thought we should, you know, mention it, though. No, yeah, <laughs> there's that. There's that. Which My no- notes are kind of scattered on this There's album. There's that. Our next song, track six, is Call Your Call You Mom, which was it had this kind of classic rock sound, which I really liked, but this kind of <clears throat> off but off putting pacing. Let's pull that back a little bit. Okay. Classic rock, not so well. Classic rock as we see it from like uh, the '60s to the '80s. No, I don't think so. Right. More like the focused piano rock of the 70s. Oh, piano rock. That's like, better, yeah. Like, as you'd find in Elton John or Billy, Billy Joel. Billy Joel. That, you know, which was better. combined with, with the, the more 1950s. simple 1950s oldies style rock. Just that's before it. Elvis style exactly. rock. Exactly. Um, before jazz and blues got their fingers deep into rock and transformed it into this beautiful butterfly we had in the 60s. Precisely. But it was it worked. It and it was this so song was good. so off-putting. It's essentially lyrically a song about <laughs> someone dating a woman and wanting to call them mom because they remind <coughs> him of his mom, but he still wants to date them. No, no, no. It's it it's deeper than that. Is it? He wants to call her mom because she is such a pain. Just like his mom is. Like, I get the idea that this is exactly what they might be giants wants you to do. Like try to like discuss hash what it is. this out. out. Yeah. No, like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure this chick is driving him nuts. Just sitting back on a couch, going, "No, no, man, it's no, it's this. That's what it is. You don't get it." We're definitely not stoned enough for that kind of a conversation. Uh, give true. me 15 minutes. Ha ha! Just uh-huh. kidding, cops. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, but I, I, I really liked this song because of how off-putting it was. It just, it was kind it was of crazy. pleasant. It was pleasantly uncomfortable, if that makes any sense. And here's where they started doing creep, like heavy duty. Yeah, and uh, there are moment, a lot, a lot of moments of it through, later too. Through, through the uh, uh, great majority of the album after this, there was a creep dark undertone, starting with "Call You Mom" and into Tesla, which was a very straightforward song. It was a good science song that was fun. That was, was about a, Tesla. It was about Nicholas Tesla. And Nicola. 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 I'm sorry. I, speak. I did it. And you exaggerated. Go back. I speak American. <laughs> um, um, it had a very REM sound. This song, like early REM. You gotta remember yeah, this. Song, that this song was singing about death rays. Yeah, pretty much. And well, you know, like Tesla. Tesla. Like, hey, I, Tesla. like that's kind of implied with Tesla. They gave he gave us X rays and and. And boiling brains. I mean, like, he kind of went, this was going dark. And he taught a magician to clone himself. Oh, wait, that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Prestige, go see a cool movie, though. It was. David Bowie's Tesla. Yeah, David Bowie's Um, Tesla. I'm okay. It's kind of funny how this whole mythology about Tesla has, you know, cropped up that he's a wizard of electricity and everything. I blame Red Alert. Kind of (laughs) was. You blame Red Alert. Oh, God. Well, old video game reference. No, Red Alert was introduced to Tesla Coil as the greatest electronic weapon ever created. 
it would devastate the imposing American armies as they went to Russian territory. Even though it just goes bzzz. Yeah, but it blows them up. <laughs> yeah, it goes bzzz, and, and then they explode. explode. They go in the game. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But that was one of the things. Like Tesla was the dude that was harnessing electricity when people were still like couldn't even figure out how it worked. I mean, he did but such. He, mad was, he was an electricity mage. No, he was a mad As I push scientist. Up my he was just a really good showman because he wanted to prove that his thing would work. I mean, he, he was, was pretty good. He did a pretty good no, job at he it. He was a mad scientist. He was. He is the archetype which mad scientists are based off. Can we have of. a Tesla cast? We could have a Tesla cast. Like, all separate. Not on crash cards, but. All right, tangential podcast right now. Off to the side of this. We'll do it later. Tesla cast. I'll, I'll, I'll note the time. Write it down. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on to the next song, which is one of the first shorter songs on the record, "Sleep," which was had some really great lyrics in it. Essentially, this song was, I think it was like 30 seconds or something. Uh, uh, under a minute. Um, and it was pretty much about being afraid of falling asleep because you'll be replaced with a doppelganger. That will but live your there's, life. there's a happy ending mm. when you realize that the life of the doppelganger, <laughs> that you are in fact a doppelganger and have replaced somebody else's life and is better than the one you just gave there's up. There's another track in this album that deals with doppelganger. Yes. Called Replicant. Yes. That's yes. much later. Yeah. Much later. But this still, this still is yeah. keeping a very dark undertone. Yeah. Which before we started the podcast, I said there was no arc, and I've discovered it as we're going along. Yeah, yeah, see? yeah see? It happens. You learn a thing. That happens sometimes, Stop mocking me. Mock, mock, mock. Mock, 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 Sting. And knowing is half the battle. Cliche, cliche, cliche. Yeah, right? That's pretty much what might as well be saying now. Cliche, cliche. Can't even say the word. Um, all right, next track is Stone Cold Coup d'etat. Yeah. Um, Why did you say that so weird? I don't know. I'm glad he said I, it right because I was fearing. I <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say it, Mr. I'm horrible at French. Je ne sais quoi. That day that Joe Rude was here. There was Je ne sais quoi, Coup d'etat. It's weird. Do you remember those Walk Off the Earth tracks? That yes. French song you were trying to say? But I did that on purpose. This... I don't think you did. I no, don't think so either. <laughs> You forget. Either. You guys explained what it actually was, how to pronounce it correctly, and I kept mispronouncing so f- it on purpose. <laughs> this was, there's there's something meta in this that I just understood. This was the first song that I noticed the intro. Like, it was a very short, like, 10, 15 second intro, but I liked it a lot. And it kind of progressed into this alt-rock kind of sound for the rest of the track. Well, you know, the beginning of the song really didn't impress me that much. It was kind of just like a fun two-step. But it just deal. caught me off guard. Yeah, the intro. Yeah. But as far as the whole first section goes, oh, no, which no. went on for a, this was one of the longer songs. I don't know. But uh, what really caught me here was the B section. The B section took it way out of uh, out of character for the track. Like all of a sudden, it's kind of a dance track, and then it yeah. moves into like this solemn lounge track. Like, it got really serious. They kind of jumped all over the place in the song, which is what I think gave it character. It was very important. Mm -hmm. And it's... I can't... I gotta stop repeating myself. It's propagating the darkness. This... The kitchen captures and cooks the cook. The bark controls the tree. And the the, the main line... But if history Hmm. is any guide, it cannot be understood when you're not on the winning side. And what I truly love... Is that they're speaking French? Oh, brother! <laughs> it's a whole new level oh, to no, like, no. How deep is he gonna get right now? I mean, it's oh. just there's so. He's speaking French. Must be deep. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, 
the French be more lost every dude. war, <laughs> even the one against themselves. They I haven't guess. had they haven't had a victory since Napoleon. I guess the coup d'état, the word we use as the final delivering blow. All right, you're coming back. Okay. All right. Je ne sais quoi, which I'm not 100% sure what that one means. <laughs> that's because that's exactly what it means. Yes. It means you're not sure what it means. It means a certain something. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Well, well, he went into dictionary voice. When he, he exaggerated what he was talking about. Sorry, we picked on me last week. Yeah, but you do it with so much more incredulity. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, Women are the big words. Anyway, the song is singing about that which is controlled rising up and fighting the controller. And then goes into the lines of, it can't be understood if you're not on the winning side. <laughs> I really Which like is, that it's line. just, it's, it's, good. it's, there's a lot of layering in these words this time. Like, the the earlier tracks were very, you can understand it on the first go. I mean, it was deep, there was some edginess to it, but this one's getting really, really metaphorical. Alright, you pulled yourself back. Thank you. Congratulations. Took him a while, though. He had to go a bit roundabout, but yeah, he got he there. It. He did it. It he helps, it, it, it really, yeah. it really helps when you guys don't keep interrupting me. <laughs> but anyway, as I was saying... That you are wrong. <laughs> yeah, see, it's not fun, is it? No, no it's not. not. It's so back fun. to before John made a good point, which was more fun. <laughs> um, so moving on to the next track, unless you guys have anything else to say about this one. I think John pretty much covered it. No, I'm done. Uh, moving on to Sometimes a Lonely Way, which within the first like 30 seconds felt like a sincere lonely track. Just mm-hmm. instrumentally alone and the early lyrics, and then of course it became what they okay, might said. Sparsely used, this track had beautiful harmonies. Oh, yeah. Put that out there. One and, of the few th- times I wrote it down. Yeah. And they it was threw noticeable it right too. back to minimalism here. Mm-hmm. One of the only instruments being used were an accordion, uh, at a piano, and uh, an, instru- an Indian instrument uh, as they use as drums called tablas. Very, very cool percussion effect right there. I mean, they very, brought in tablas. That's which was the, kind of a guilty pleasure That was the entire backbone of the song. The yeah, the tablas was, really made a framework. The piano was just plotting, pacing for the yeah, song. Yeah, that really that that was actually more of the steady rhythm. Extremely, extremely um, oblique lyrics. Yeah. I still don't get them. <laughs> and the funny thing is that with with all of this the strains instrumentation and whatnot, we get kind of a Ben Foldsy effect. Mm-hmm. That's what I took from it. Um, well, and yeah, also, I, it ended on very, very ambiguous chords. Like it, this, this was one of the more. Uh, this was the deeper track. It reminded me of Thank You for Breaking My Heart, just because it was yeah. this kind of depressing sounding and song. And it had a very similar kind of ending to that. Yeah. It ended on a very ambiguous note. Still a much uh, shorter track than Thank You for Breaking My Heart. Yes. Yes. You, we got, we've gone through 10 tracks, and it's only been 25, 30 minutes. Less. Less. Nah, no, about 25, 30 minutes, because there's a lot of shorties that come out. Oh, it's cutting up, yeah. The first of the short, the real shorties, this one was, I think, 15 seconds or so, uh, is Destroy the Past, which is literally just a couple lyrics and then gone. It, there wasn't much to react to. It felt very much like an interlude, and it was almost in the middle of the album. Uh, and yet that's not the only interlude that we're going to have here. In fact, it's almost like a... Uh, after the next kind song, of foreshadowing. What's yeah, the there's a cluster of, of short tracks. But, right. but moving on to track... Moving on to track 12. Nine Secret Steps. Yeah. This song, I have no idea what the hell they were going on about. For the first time in like the whole record, I really didn't have a clue what the hell they were going on about. I drew... But I still s- liked the song. It had a nice pep to it. It did. It was yeah. kind of jaunty. Yes. It was It was like... Thro- <laughs> Everyone borrowing his own It was sort there. of uh, throwing away the past, 
meets trying to rediscover yourself meets become an individual i think <laughs> with a big question mark we'll go with this that. this i read the lyrics to after listening to it and then listened to it and read the lyrics at the same time still trying to decipher for honestly for notes i drew a series of arrows in hieroglyphic form cuz i could not understand what was going on this was another track that I thought had a really, really cool bridge. Which I know it seems silly just to hone in on the bridge, but it, they move the bridge. It, it's, it doesn't just... It's not just a bridge. It's not as simple as a bridge. It doesn't just link the two parts together. Instead, it actually takes on this whole new section of its own. It, it, he sort of... He was, like, expanding it. He kept on singing while we're like, wait, what, what part of the song are we in right now? But it feels... It has kind of an Im- impacting effect. Because you're in the moment. It got your attention. Exactly. It like they have this way that even when they do filler, it feels so meaningful. Yeah, there's really. And I, I think that's really something to be said. No, yeah, the the filler tracks on this record don't really feel like filler, especially the way they were arranged. Yeah. Like the composition of this album, the way it was produced, in the fact that the construction of track by track was done very, very well. And a lot of it but is it's... a lot of the talent here is in editing. Um, actually, yes. that, that's one thing I overlooked going way back to track eight, Sleep. Sleep had incredible editing. That was the one where they were, like, they would just all of a sudden halt a particular section, and it would go straight into those high notes, that uh, ah, uh, ah, it was, like, really weird. Just to experience that, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit jarring. It's, they, they expect that, but then after you indulge yourself in it for, like, you know, 20 seconds or 30 seconds... You completely accept it. You accept it as part of the music. I love that kind of experimentation. Yeah, there was a lot of experimentation in this record, and it became more and more noticeable as we got towards the end of the record. So, so the we're next... at a okay, wait, bit uh, of a turning point in the album now. One, two, three, four. Four tracks in a row that none of them were more than, like, 20 seconds. Five out of six tracks in a row that weren't more than 30 seconds, and... Insect Hospital, the only almost well, song of the bunch, was only about a minute and a half to begin five with. Five will get you ten. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's an old expression. <laughs> anyway, so... Hive Mind. So we can probably talk about Hive Mind, Decision Maker, Nouns, and their T-H-E-R-E, at once. They were all very funny and cute, and the, but they were just really short little snacks. There wasn't much to them. I like Nouns. Actually, my nouns favorite was, of them. Nouns was really awesome. I Ex- like Decision Maker. Nouns was excellent wordplay. Actually, no, yeah, I think Decision Maker is the one. Decision I'm Maker was great because it was this short, decision. short little you know, ballad about not being able to decide and wanting enough. Decision Maker to decide and for I you. I can't decide Absolutely. which one I like better. Or, or adverse. You might need a Decision Maker to decide for you. I you might. I should call him. They're you running should. out of nouns. Oh, he memorized it already. Look at oh, him. dude, I love that Look at this guy over here. Now, this is the part where they start doing... Uh, they start to... It, these sound bits, I found to be too much in a row. Bites. Sound bites. No, they're only bits, not full bites. <laughs> wow. <laughs> why Why do I engage every time? I engage. And, I, 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 I don't know. I can't help you. I've that. asked you the same exact <laughs> question. You have, it's true. Um, uh, he's he's, they were he's too aware much, of himself. They were too much jumping. I'm self-aware, Matt. Like, we could barely follow these songs back and back and back and back and back and back. I'm trying to write down a title. The next song's remember, already though, done. You have to take into account the way in which we are listening. 
we're listening to a point where it's like, hmm, what am I going to say about this song? Oh, wait, I don't even know. But uh, the average listener is not listening for that. The average listener probably just has it on, and he's just experiencing it. He's just taking it for what it is. Hive and mind. that said, Hive mind. as little clips, Thin. as ideas, they're pretty cool. Yeah. They could have been... You know what? I'm not even going to say that. I think they could have and should have been just as short as they are. Especially considering how clever the lyrics were for the short period of time. If those songs were longer, they wouldn't have been as clever, I feel. Think of it like a haiku. I would have... And I know how to write haikus. And yeah, I think you like haikus. Yes, I do. That's Take pretty much like what that. the... Yeah, that's pretty much what they These are. These are haikus for songs. They're palate cleansers. They're not as... They're not as okay. mysterious and lofty here's, here's as the, the Flying thing. Lotus stuff that we came here's across. Here's the thing. It broke up the album to me. Now, whether that, that was, was on the purpose... See, now, that's a matter of interpretation, because I took it as an intermission. Mm. I'm just saying I probably would have liked them more if they were spread out. That's... That's fair. Completely up to yeah. you. That's yeah. your. That's I your think preference. that's that's a that's we a were complaining. Thing. For me, I think that would have probably caused more of a problem. For yeah, me. I like that that they're in a chunk. Yeah, it would have kind of disjointed the album if they were spread out. Exactly, because actually, that I think there were a couple of other albums we didn't uh, that had that problem, yeah. and we rated them pretty poorly for that reason. Well, not only that reason, um, but it is a, a no, that, that factor. Was one of the big factors, actually. I think that was one of the problems with uh, Mogwai as well. Yeah, I th- I think even there was good though. And then even there's not too much yeah, to say like, about each, it. each one of these were were really cool uh, vignettes. Yeah, <laughs> and insect hospital. Okay, this was the one that was a mostly a song. Uh, started off talking about how these going to the insect hospital to release all the insects back into the wild because they should be free, and then had repeated the whole thing, and then went into like a fucking freaking awesome guitar solo. Yeah, that was just. Epic. Let's talk about that. The because, beginning half uh, of the song, I was we con- haven't really had too much instrumental. Well, actually, kind of this whole entire album is, could be instrumental, but there's been lyrics there to sort of take you to the other side of the equation. This is the first here. Song. We just get to focus on the music for once. Yeah, the, nice. the first half of the song was kind of happy go lucky, but it was average. It wasn't. It not, didn't really draw me in. But um, just as I was kind of only just being content with the song, they break out this. Awesome guitar solo. Yeah, I'm, I was. I was, I was, I was okay. In. I was still grooving with the earlier part of the song. I was grooving. I was grooving. I yeah. was grooving. I got hit in the face with a guitar, repeatedly. Yeah, that's why. You're and I with. loved it. That's the thing, because it, it's a they might be giants guitar solo, and that's exactly the kind of stuff that I like in a guitar solo. Because yeah. you know what? Uh, sue me, but as much as a shredding classic rock guitar solo is cool and all, it's kind of been done. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen this in, in umpteen thousand concerts over the past 25 years. Not that I have seen every single concert of the past 25 years. Really, 35 years. Like, for all the classic rock period, we've had all these shredding guitar solos. I like things that actually say something. That aren't just, hey, look how cool I am. This actually is more of a statement toward toward what they are. Which is, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's in their name. Their name is a question. They might be Their giant. name is, is a, is a hypothesis. Might they, they might. It's a hypothesis. They, they might. Like, I don't know if they are, but they might. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to point that out because, um, yeah, experimentation here is really moving in the right direction for me. And then we get track 18. Tick. Tick. Another shorty. And also about insects. And about how we... W- the lyrics are literally... 
We wouldn't be in this predicament if it weren't for this tick. The end. You don't know what they're in. You don't know what happened. You I just wrote, get that. I must have been sleeping here. I, I wrote bar. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I have no idea. Wait, you wrote B-A-R? Again, this is... For, for tick? I don't know what it means. Well, there's a very Did good you reason. fall asleep during that 18-second song? I think it just speaks to how... how like They're moving through these songs so quickly that I don't even know how to finish a thought on it. So what's the point of even trying? Just take it for what it's worth. It, it goes hand-in-hand hand with all the others. But... They, then we change. They, they stop. And they introduce their theme again. Their darkness is back. Because these interludes didn't have these dark this darkness. Replicant. This was... Okay, musically, Steve, explain. What was it? This is noir. It even had... It was a techie ja- noir, though. Because there was a lot of electronic noir, sounds. But there's a jazz element oh, to yeah. it as well. This is very visceral music, as far as I'm concerned. This oh, really, yeah. This really it told a story. You. Yeah. Um, it told a story without the lyrics, first off. And then the lyrics oh, music still told a story. The music itself is... The music is, was very progressive. I'm waiting for Steve to You are waiting that. for verification. Yeah, I'm waiting you? for verification here. I'm going to stick with... I mean... I suppose... It was... Yes! It was more blue, uh, a techie kind of jazz noir than anything else. And if yeah. it, I, I, I call would not it, call it in the progressive genre, but it has elements of it. I called it out, the uh, Blade Runner meets Maltese Falcon. And you get a sense <laughs> of that from the lyrics and the. I mean, it's a song about a replicant. It's. It literally is a song about a replicant. He has lyrically. Is it literally though? Literally. You literally. have literally. his literally. eyes. Don't start with me. And his <laughs> smile. You're going to have everything he had. Yeah, no, he's talking about uh, uh, a, a robot creepy. taking over another robot, uh, another person's life. That's kind of Hey, creepy. you know what? I'll distract the cops as you go out the back door. That's one of the lines. What's that you got behind your back? Did you do something wrong? Bad robot. I mean, that's what the song's about. It's it's not Saturday morning cartoons anymore, gentlemen and ladies. Late, wait, ladies and gentlemen, strike that. Reverse it. It's not Saturday morning cartoons. This is really talking about something that's creepy, that's dark, that is not in the children's section. This is this is Robert Heinlein. This is Kurt Vonnegut. I really like the synth overtones here. Yeah, it had this like high pitched synth that would it would be an overtone that would kind of. It would actually serve like an opposite function. Typically, you have like this bass undertone that is setting the stage for the melody. This was kind of the exact opposite. You had a, a you had this overtone that was hanging above you, and then you're able to build stuff beneath it. That kind of contradicts everything that music typically does, and that's why I love it, because because that. <laughs> <laughs> that's and I love the pacing. Pacing was very good, and it was it was yeah. it was well mixed well, and that's, produced that's as well. Noir in a nutshell, all noir is sort of that that slow pacing. You should feel like you're in a dark alley, and I think it does that very well. Creepy dark alley. Okay, next song with androids after you. Next, yeah, the next true. song is as I flick my page. The next song is the best song on the album. Yes, hands down, hands down. The darlings of Lumberland. First of all. I'm going to start by saying this song is almost indescribable. And what I mean by that is it doesn't fit neatly in a box. There's so much in this song. 
You, I, okay. This so is the song great. that means you should be listening on Spotify right now. Yes. Like, like this there's is, nothing this that, that we can technically tell you that will give you an impression this of what is, you're going to get. This is a 5,000 uh, 5, word term paper waiting to happen. There's so much depth in this song. First of all, here's the history. So much variety in this song. Yeah. Lumberland is a part of the Catskills. All right. The Darlings are like, quote, here's the actual quote. The Darlings are like one of the founding families of Lumberland. Now, I want you people to know that because this song has nothing to do with that. <laughs> but that was in the interview. That's that, what the that's, guy said. That's, that's so. the inspiration. The singer of They Might Be Giants. But that's the inspiration of this song. You know what's funny? I should have wrote bar for this song because it changes by the bar. Like, by the measure, it changes into a whole different movement. And all of the instruments they introduce and the sound. Like, there's a sound of someone blowing into a microphone for effect. And it's and a cool effect. And it really it's an is. awesome effect. It gives a heartbeat to this song that you you can't not feel. It's impossible. It's just this, the, this, the way this song moves. Genre-wise, this is like klezmer, like like Yiddish music combined with the Big Bang swing feel with a bit of Cubana. All and of there's this, even a little bit of rock in and there. It's not even with brass. It's with a it's with a woodwind ensemble. I don't hear that enough. This is a genre-defying song. Yeah. This is definitely a genre-defying song. Uh, I wouldn't and, go that far, well, but it's 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 pan-genre. It, okay, pan-genre. It's definitely much more difficult to categorize than a lot of the other stuff we've heard. That is just the musical aspect. The lyrics are darkly inspired. The lyrics, it's a zombie song. You gotta, it, It's <laughs> actually a song I, about zombies. I can't go that far. Re- no, references to hollow eyes, ghoulish touch, cold dead hands. So bizarre because the music does not give you that impression at all. Well, it gives you that impression That's why I of think... fear of... I didn't really feel fear as much as I did awe. Yeah, I just felt awe with But it song. was dark. I'm sorry, it but I got definitely it. Dark. A song like this, I have I to take to... on a purely musical level. This is a song that, trans- that transcends the lyrics for me. It and really also, does. especially since the way the lyrics were sung were so much more important than what was being said. Exactly. This one had creepy old man voice, the, right? The, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, no. That's no. The, that's the next oh, no, track. That's, oh, oh yeah. excuse me. No, this the this had the chorus that sang the you know the title the Darlings of Lumberland in a very very. I mean, it was kind beautifully of silly to say harmonic. It's a melodic way. Yeah. yeah. Harmonic. But, but yet, that side of sort of fleeting, because yeah. then it thrusts you right back into that whole. Klezmer uh, woodwind ensemble, and, this, and in a completely different way, restated differently from what was the first time before the chorus. And it also had one of the most jarring breakdowns on the record, but it was so perfect for this song. It's like the Munchkin band it was showed all, up and started playing, and then got back into the groove. It just halted. You. It was it was March of the Wooden Soldiers kind of a sound that was there for fifteen seconds. And flowed directly into oh, less this. than fifteen seconds. This five was, seconds. This is like yeah, five, five seconds. seconds but it was like hope. At least we. Still I want to say that 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 tone was hope, that was immediately transformed back into the yeah. music. And yet, with all these uh, with all this variation, this this had remarkable um, cohesion. Cohesion. Yeah, yeah it, really it worked so well together. There was never a moment where you didn't feel like this. This was this was. 
it's it's a five star song, hands down. It's definitely one of the best things we've heard this year, for sure. It's just one of I those. I would say songs... this is probably musically the most complicated song I've heard in six months to a year. Yeah, and uh, you know, I got I guess I got to hand some to the production. Oh, the production here, of this I, song is ridiculous. I don't know exactly who was behind all of this, whether they wrote it themselves, whether it was brought in for effect. It's just a lot this was all a probably a big collaboration. That's that's the most safe assumption here is that this was a big collaboration between all of them and it worked out well. This is like a big budget film that just Ugh Oh well, you said you You said yourself you want to see the movie. That's right, I did say yeah. that. I mean it did give you that kind of movie yeah. feel. I, I the only thing I would as far as um that visceral reaction that I was talking about before. The only thing I could think to compare it to is maybe a little bit of the Gotan Project, if anyone was familiar with them. They kind of have this French contemporary tango uh, feel to them. And I think I get a little bit of tango in here also. It's sort it's of a general Latin vibe, but I'd put it probably more toward Cubana than anything else. French contemplative tango. Contemporary. Contemporary yeah. tango. Well, look, I've as, never as... heard those three words strung together in that order. Well, that's actually something I can pin down the Gotan Tan project as that genre, as opposed to this song, which is a little bit and more. And blood the is board. shooting from my nose. He hates it's genres. Disgusting. No, but that's like the most interesting thir- thing I've heard today, and I've heard some very interesting things. But they're good band. Check them out. Great life. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on to track twenty-one, the follow-up to "Darlings of Umberland," which is called "Great" and was anything but. Oh God! And at first, I thought this this minute and minute and a half track. I was like, "Oh, this is disappointing. It's a terrible follow-up." Except it's called "Great," and it's not great. There has been so much tongue-in-cheek throughout there's this n- album. There's no I way that's an accident. Accept this as an accident at all. Yeah, it's definitely done on purpose. I think it's to get us ready for other songs. Without having to compare them to the Darlings of Lumberland and and, and Replicant, and it was to divide us from that. On the face of it, it almost makes you wonder why they didn't just save uh, Darlings of Lumberland for the end, because these these songs that came after it, they're they're good, they're very very good, but I don't think any of them really match that level of. Uh, I would have been pissed if Darlings was the last song. Yeah, I don't think no, it's a good no, final track. On the face of it, I said because. That would have been too simple. That would have yeah. been too obvious. Oh, yeah. we're building up to this epic masterpiece. This is simply not the way of this band. They don't do things that way. And referring back to Bleeding Through Noses, we come to Stuff Is Way, a grammarian's worst nightmare. A gra- this grammarian? Is... Grammarian. Tongue-clucking grammarian. This is... Uh, it's referencing an MC Frontal Lot song. This is, this is uh, uh, Beck. It does have a very disjointed very Beck, Beck kind of feel. But you know, makes yeah, less sense lyrically than a normal Beck song, <laughs> which is quite difficult. Yeah. My uh-huh. favorite line, did you just what, is what you yes. Thank you for writing these down. I, I'm really glad <laughs> wait, someone did. I know. Wait, no, no. They got the lyrics from our spam box. <gasps> That's it. This is a big joke on us. That's what it is. They listen to our podcast in the beginning, and then uh, it's a joke. He's what? It is April Fool's, after all. It is April Fool's, after after all. When we're recording, anyway. I have no idea what they were trying to say in this, and I heard every word very distinctively. There was a stalking horse. There was some Castro reference. I'm still trying to puzzle this one out. (laughs) And interestingly enough, it's not as if they're trying to be cagey. No, no. It's very... The words are very short and concise and one syllable, (laughs) two at tops. 
I'm I'm pretty it sure that's what is. they. I, I'm pretty sure that they just took the lyrics to the song is and then how plucked out a third of the words and then used the rest. Is how's who? <laughs> exactly. Is how's was who? We should have tried to start the podcast by talking like that song. I, we should have done it by reciting this. The lyrics. Yes. Is, is what at? At Did, what? No, no, no. Is what? No, no. Did you just what? Is what you yes? <laughs> I love that. It's so great. It really is. They did a great job with this and song. It, you know what? It, and it was, stands out. It's really... I don't know if it's even... If it's like so terrible, it's awesome. Oh, it's not terrible. No, it's not terrible. It's, this is just plain old... This is playful. It's clever and playful, this yeah. That's what it is. No, yeah, I mean... This I is mean, probably... You from know a what? As much as I love of Darlings view, of Lumberland, this is probably the... This here, Stuff His Way, is probably the most clever song on the entire album. Yeah. No, I'm saying, like, the grammar is just so terrible, that's... That's the true reason it's awesome. That's the point. Yeah. But it's... You gotta... I gotta point... It's terrible words. I'm going to love singing along to this song. The funny thing about this is... Uh, So there are bands who have done grammar-related songs that were somewhat on the nose, but still fun. This is making fun of Generation's bad grammar without actually saying anything along those lines by just saying nothing. I I feel like... It's really great. This is this is a conversation with Cleverbot. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Ain't what good. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next track, Stalking Horse. <laughs> no, the next track is not called Stalking Horse. It's called Icky. There's no track called Stalking Horse. He just said Stalking Horse. Yes. Um, Icky is a f- sound-wise is kind of a fun, almost Beach Boys kind of sounding song. That kind of goes into this kind of yeah, classic rock surf, kind of... Fu- surf rock. Surf yeah, rock yeah. feel, yeah. And it was pretty much about two guys fighting over a third party. No, but- it was not about that. It was the it was a sarcastic explanation of a, quote, life-draining leech. The lines are, who sucks the oxygen out of the room? First name, all up in your... Last name, name, face. face. Like, this is the guy that's just too close. Borrows a pair of slacks and only returns one. As they put it. I mean, this is really clever lines here. Mm. This is really, really interesting work here. So that would just be one slack. Yes, a a slack. A slack. I was waiting for that. And the guy (laughs) explains... No, I didn't borrow two. I borrowed one. Here, here it is. I mean, it's that guy. Everybody's got that guy in their life that is just... You're friends with him because you just don't want to be mean to the guy and kick him out it's of your bad life. that, like, a name you already know, popped in my head before you finished the sentence. That's also another thing. We were going back to Ark a while ago. If I found one definable Ark here, I would say that this entire album is making fun of, like, verbal machinations. Anybody get that? Yeah. I mean, considering oh, all that you've pointed out, John, you yeah. have made some very good points. You are fulfilling this arc. Yeah, I know. It I is... had time to dwell on it, and we're working <laughs> through it. Every single song is making fun of some aspect of verbal discourse, in some sense. Yes. That's Some that's are more on the nose than others. Or over the course of 25 songs. And I drew, that really, I drew a nose And that an really, arrow. really, really puts into perspective the our five little, uh, little interludes. Yeah. Definitely. So. I love Icky. Icky was good. The lyrics, last name, face. 
to have those lyrics in a song, like it just it tickles me. It pink? tickles you in a place that pink? if not pink that if a girl no. tickled you, dare go, ooh yeah, I like that. Wow, where the hell did he go while we were having a conversation? Don't I went. I went to head. my playland. Don't get. You won't come back. Are you serious? I'm able to <laughs> disseminate these lyrics. You should be scared of me by now. I've known you too long to be afraid. Okay, track 24. Is that the right word? Keep going. Track no, no, is disseminate the right word? Let's keep going. Track 24, <laughs> Too Tall Girl. Which was, is simply about a girl who's too tall. Like a giant. A giant. Like above trees and buildings, too tall. There's a Seinfeld episode about that once. Like you need a ladder. Hey, wasn't there a movie about that once too? To get Attack of the 50 Foot Woman or something? Oh, wow, this I one, forgot about that. This yeah. one was also musically fun. This was a very yeah. solid musical track. Yeah. Which lyrics have been the focus of the last two tracks. And it had this, but this cool, one like, had it had a cool storytelling vibe too. Lyrically. Old school. Yeah. Old school story like a tall tale. And in some sense this Wow, is you know I didn't even think of that. What that it was It's a yeah, tall wait tale. A Go figure. Either. That I like that. That's actually really awesome. I hadn't thought of that. Yes. Good one, John. Look at you. Uh, look, look at you, you being all intelligent I'm and stuff. disseminating all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> he popped and, that out. Yeah. I had to. I was getting too smart. Yeah, obviously. It was It was fun. It was, it was a good it was song. It was a solid yeah, track. I liked it. And I'm liking the way the album is winding down. Because I feel like these tracks really are winding you down from the crescendo of Darlings. Yeah. Well, and, much so. And... Track 25, another, it, wasn't even instrumental, this was purely just sung lyrics, didn't kill me. And it was the it was the conclusion of this record. Steve went pan face yeah. with this. This had sort of that, uh, that like old school 1930s southern rock, well not rock, sorry, southern blues uh, feel to it. Like a Robert Johnson-y kind of, kind of just singing in the middle of a field. I can see that. You know? I, I don't know who he's speaking to, I don't know why, but just let the man sing. I feel it's I, some kind of final statement. Yeah. It was Whatever a very didn't kill me. I, I didn't I, make me stronger. I'm like I like that it's kind of the, it is a great conclusion to the record because it does kind of have that finality to it because it's just him singing. That's it. I likened yeah. it to Her Majesty. Beatles. Her Majesty's pretty nice girl. Yeah. It was it followed the end, which is not in fact the actual last song of the Beeble, uh, Beebles. The, the Beatles. The Beatles. I love the Beebles. They're my I love favorite. The Beebles too. Yeah, the Beebles last are song, great. last song, and the last album was not the end. It was a previous track, but Her Majesty, little, little ditty. That's had it had that same sort of feel. They just had one last thing to say. And yet, I'm gonna take that a step further. It's not often I say that they people pull things off better than the Beatles, but to be honest, I think that this has much more of a greater meaning to the uh, album here than Her Majesty did. Two. Anybody gonna refute that? Well, if they make Not another really. album, we have a problem. Since they would <laughs> they be zombies. No, if they make more music, like no, I mean, I mean, they might be. Giants. Oh, I thought we were talking about the Beatles. Like, if that's how they, they might ended, be zombies. <laughs> they might be zombies. Then they might be Giants cover band. Um, I'm Paul Paul and Storm ago. They might be zombies is the name of my. They might be Giants cover band. Didn't kill me, is almost worthy of a career-ending period. Like, it's almost that point. Poignant. They could do it, and yet, and yet, 
none of this album like really feels like an ending doesn't feel like an ending at all no this feels like they're at a high point of their career like oh, well yeah. no, you know what it's it's weird to say that because they were very popular in the early 90s and they had that early 90s appeal and but they've, they've never they fluctuated 80s. they fluctuated greatly with the fan base and in quality yeah, but i mean also fan bases come and go with this kind of stuff but they've had a st- they've existed this whole time it's not like they disappeared the thing is they they have there have been musician trains uh, changes. In fact, uh, they lost their drummer in two thousand three, two thousand four. Uh, got a new guy, so it's it's not quite the same band. Um, I hear a difference from their earlier work, and I want to say I've I sampled a lot of their albums before listening to this, and this is so different than a lot of their other stuff. Well, it's different, and yet the same. It's different. Mm-hmm. But, well, it's it's the same by being different. Yes. Yeah. The thing is, they've always been on the peripheral. They've always been kind of on the sidelines yeah. of whatever's popular. They're never really diving into the center of what's popular. They're always kind of commenting on it yeah. and having fun on the side. It, 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 they haven't changed in that regard, and I don't think anyone would ever want them to change in that regard. No. That's, this is what they're known for. go to that. I mean, songs like uh, Istanbul and, and Particle Man or even... Um, you're not the boss of me, which became the theme for Malcolm in the Middle. Um, like they've done lots of stuff that's permeated popular culture, but never they never became these huge stars. I mean, they are big stars, but they're you're right. They've always been kind of on the peripheral, and I think that's where they want to be. It's not even because that's where they are. That's where they want to be. And this album suits that very much. I would liken it to a lot of styles of musicians that we actually named today: Modest Mouse, Beck. They like being outside. For all their mainstream orientation, they like being the kid, the the music, the the indie kids, the hipster kids, and I don't mean that as an insult. The they they like being the music that the not norm, the not jocks and valley girls. And you and know that what? Sort we're we're dancing around it. the term. Let's just go in and say it. It's pretty ironic. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very ironic. They like not having a huge fan base, but only the fans that love them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's why I think Jonathan Colton in recent years has become as popular and is getting more popular. It's his style and his last album especially, because they played on it with him. The parts of They Might Be Giants is his support supporting band. He's very much following in that kind of footstep of making ironic songs that are also really good quality songs like I, I played it for you guys briefly way back when one of Jonathan Colton's newest songs is a song completely in French but in the style of Rick Springfield and it's about Rick Springfield trying to pick up women with his high school knowledge of French from his perspective stuff like that is very they might be giants <laughs> sorry my brain died just, halfway through that sentence you just adverbed them I did adverb them You've tough, been adverb. It's a tough thing to adverb, but it's appropriate. It, it Mostly is. because there's like a, now a bunch of hyphens in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's like true. They dash with might dash. <laughs> they, might be they might be giant They might be It helps giant you say it fast. It does. No, it doesn't help. It becomes more incomprehensible. All right. Let's uh let's start kind Once of it catches on. Are you gonna wrapping ca- up? You want to wrap up? You could go first. I can. Oh. So this record, I mean being someone who's quite a fan of funny music and ironic music and just, you know, 
as I called it, novelty music, but not as a knock. Novelty music to me is music that's not is is not just about making good music, but there's something else to it. Like in this case, being ironic or being silly or sciencey or whatever it is. Um, there really aren't a lot of tracks I don't like. There are tracks that I don't love, but there are no tracks that I don't like at all that I wouldn't listen to again. Probably my least favorite track on the record is Insect Hospital until like the halfway mark. And then I really loved even Insect Hospital because of the guitar riffs and all the other stuff. I think that You're On Fire was a great intro track because it's silly and kind of out of the field. And it shows the adolescent nature they like writing to. Yeah. But then, just like I feel that that Didn't Kill Me is a great closing track because it's bass. Basic. Man singing. That's it. And I love closes like that that kind of just bring it back to its base. Um, you know, and I consider tracks... Uh, 13, 14, 15, and 16, the snippets, they're one song to me. And just, it's sketches. And I like sketches on records if they serve a purpose. They're not just fluff. And these weren't fluff. They did serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. I still think Decision Maker is a great song. It's a contender on this record just because the lyrics for the brief moments are so funny and sang in such a funny manner. It's like kind of a beautiful manner as well. That too. Um, it's not a perfect record though. There are things that, you know, I mean, like Circular Karate Chop wasn't a bad song, but I just, you know, I didn't really get into it. You know, I think some of it comes down to taste a little, but it's definitely one, it's probably one of the best records we heard that was made this year that we've reviewed. I think it's one of the first records we've reviewed that was made this year as well. Um, Let me just interject at that moment right there just just for what you said about these um little middle tracks i do think i kind of want to retract what i said before about how they couldn't have been turned into longer songs i think they could have but i'm not sure it was necessarily desired like i think this band really does operate by way of snippet of an idea later on come back to it expand it into something fuller right and, and you think these, these ones ideas, just didn't evolve past they never them. evolved but they found a creative way to utilize them so I just think it's important to point that out I mean, yeah that's how they write this record for me is a 4.5 it's not a 5 because I don't feel it's a perfect record I feel like there's still some things that like you're right I think that certain songs certain of the smaller bits could have been expanded upon and they weren't and for whatever reasons and like for me destroy the past was completely unnecessary almost like i i don't i barely i'm not saying that negatively in the slightest right yeah but so so i it's a solid 4.5 for me i really like it and hands down the darlings of lumberland is all is as of this moment my song of 2013 until i find something better mine too it's just it's the best song we've heard this year so far woodwind ensemble god Damn, it's awesome. Yeah, it was. The horns, everything. So, 4.5 for me, They Might Be Giants. I, I really do like this record. It's a clever record, and it's definitely worth listening to. And De- that? No horns. Woodwinds. Woodwinds. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No horns, woodwinds. You're right. I'm going to do something that I have not done in quite some time. Um, they Might Be Giants. This encapsulated... So many different sounds 
it's almost unnerving. There was a huge variety of intelligent, great choices in musical progression, in lyrical nature. They were they just did a gorgeous job. It wasn't a hundred percent. I can I, I, for something to be a true five star album, I have to have to listen to it from front to beginning, uh, from beginning to end. I don't feel like I can do that with this album. I don't think I have to listen to it if I start with track one through to track twenty five, but it's darn close. Beautiful words, beautiful music, everything. Everything was there. Incredible art that I really didn't see it until I actually discussed it with uh, uh, with, with Steve and Matt. I, I, I didn't see any of that. I was complaining I did not see an arc. And then we started going through it, and it was it, it started staring me in the face. And it was amazing that way. So I'm it gonna reveals do something I, itself slowly. I'm going to do something that I have not done if at all, if not in a while. 4.5. This is the first in a very long time that was truly over a four-star rating. This is a 4.5 album. This is just shy of a truly epic paradigm shift. Paradigm shift. Because they did something different with this. Yes, they did. To be clear, this is, for new listeners, John's version of a five has to be a paradigm shift. Yes, I feel like a five star should be something, Which is fine. I mean, something that spans music and should truly inspire everyone. This is just shy of truly hitting that mark. No, I can get behind John's yeah, um, it makes idea sense. there. I may not use that for term, but that's a very good term to use. A yeah. five for me is also a paradigm shift. Um, I will be honest. I did like the middle and end of this album a lot more than I did the beginning. The beginning was enjoyable. It was fun. It was upbeat. It was playful. It had that, that new wave vibe. I'm a fan of new wave music. I really think that it's kind of a genre that didn't... Um, some say it evolved into indie, others might say that it just kind of petered out and indie took it over, uh, because New Wave really only had those few years between the late 70s and early 80s, and then They Might Be Giants kind of continued that, and were the sole continuers, perpetuators of the New Wave genre. But, uh, the thing is, alone, it's just fun. I didn't really get the, the, the depth here, the stuff that I started to point out at the end, the fact that they're commenting on so many factors of verbal discourse and and just the way in which they use sounds. Frankly, it's a lot more flexible than even anything in the new wave genre. And that didn't really start until more toward the the midway here. Somewhere down into uh into sometimes a lonely way around track ten. That's still a deep enough way into the album, but from there on it is just so solid. I almost think that if if the earlier tracks had been a little bit a little bit deeper, I suppose, in their punch, this really would have been broaching a five star album. Um, for me, it's the middle and the end that's going to hold this up. I love the soundbite work. It's rare that I love soundbite work. Um, I can actually probably only cite one other artist that used it in the way that this guy does, and that's um, Chad Vangelin. And Darlings of Lumberland honestly hikes it up a whole another point five itself because of how insanely beautiful that one track is. 
I'm gonna not break the uh, the yeah, super I'm, decimals. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna break the trend here. Four point five really is exactly where it belongs. It's just one of those records that really just it stands up. It's it's a great it, record from a great it's band. It's freaking magical. And also, it should be said because I I really don't want to take that much away from darlings of lumberland like it almost pains me to spend so much time on the rest of the album when you could spend an entire podcast on that song that song like i said this is a five thousand word term paper just waiting to happen and i will write it i could easily write that thing based on the harmonies that are being used here. yeah i'm telling you if nothing else everything even if you listening right now you yes you chad because if there's a Chad, he'll be really freaked out. I just said Chad Vangelin. Does that affect you subconsciously? Po- possibly. Huh. But no, if you don't like They Might Be Giants, please, please, for us, still listen to The Darlings of Lumberland. Because that song stands on its own so much. It's just... It's just such a great song. Again, easily, easily my favorite song of the year. I just... It's just unbelievable. Other thing here? Actually, no. No, I'm going to leave it there. Okay. I'm going to leave your point. Okay. You're right. You, you should get that final word. It's a good final word. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Well, it's a good thing that you brought up that his final word is awesome. After the, the final, final word. word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's almost like if I were to bring up the final word that you were talking about after both parts had been said. No, no. Change my mind. Forget the final word. But it's related to what Matt said. Listen to this album. Please do listen to this album and listen to it front to back. Please do not stop after yeah. any certain point. You must hear the mi- speaking to what I said. You must hear the middle to the end of this album. The first tracks, as I said much earlier here, I really do think are are placed here for a reason. That's one of the reasons why this album is rated so highly. I think it's placed there to lure you in to lure some of the more passive listeners who just like a fun, upbeat, quirky song. I think that's why they exist. The deep stuff, the stuff that, that transitions you, and you know I love bands that transition more of the passive listeners and implore them to become active listeners. I think this is that album. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that. I think that's definitely... That makes sense. It's so funny. We always follow up an album review with, with a topic. I kind of don't want to... I, this album was so yeah. meaty. And so great as it, as it was. I would really be comfortable with this podcast just being... About They Might Be Giants. It was just one of those records that I think the well, listeners wanna, should just go out and listen. I want to talk a little bit about uh, what I said before, a paradigm shift. Um, this record, I really feel, is approaching that because it it um, understands certain intricacies of its music that a lot of bands don't really get into. And I feel like that's something we're actually missing in today's music. We haven't had that that sound that has changed the scape in a while. And I'm kind of excited to see what what not just they might be giants, but other bands of this genre <laughs> I can like that do. Sound that has changed the scape. <laughs> Keeping well, with soundscape. Think, I like that. Yeah. Think of it I mean, I'm I'm looking for a wall moment. Yeah, a Sgt. Pepper's moment. We haven't had one of those and, in well, ten years. You know, fifteen years at least. There hasn't been something that truly spawned the next wave 
of a genre or the, a new genre in so such a long time. Well, you know, I'm not so inclined to believe that they spawned genres themselves. People kind of treat them almost as in as if it's their own genre. I think really that's what I'm looking. I'm looking for well, something. Well, no, that's what I mean. I'm looking for something like Darlings of Lumberland, something that is genreless. Could you imagine an album of that? Songs like that? I would. That, buy like every copy known to man. That that's <laughs> that's incredible. So I mean, I think I, I, I think they might be giants. Are are whether it's on purpose or not, and I can't believe it's an I accident. I think they might be giants. I just have to point out. Yeah, said that. Yeah. They're they're pushing that next step, and there's no way it's by accident. But you know what? I These think guys know music. They might be too. They've much been around a long time. They might still enjoy the fringe too much to try to do something like that. Right, which is why they just stuck a toe in. But here's. Yeah. Here's something, this is a quote uh, from uh, a video I watched. I took an elective in, in high school, freshman year, because you have to get rid of a music credit in New York State, where you, you have to either play an instrument, be a vocalist, or just take musical knowledge. Took musical knowledge, because I can't do anything else. Um, we were watching a film on the evolution of rock and roll, and a gentleman, I can't think of his name, pointed out Sgt. Pepper's, and he said, this album was the creation of western rock hmm. that's he a... specifically claimed that, that that's Sgt. Pepper bold statement I think time has proven this gentleman right but uh... that's something I'm, I'm trying to find that's something I want to see in my life something that, that does it you know you could take <laughs> I mean for the sake of your grade and everything I'm sure you had to nod your head but he's right, and he's not right. It's not even a matter that he's not. It's a matter that it could be interpreted differently. Yeah. It could be said that that's one brand of rock and roll. I think it should definitely be said that that's the uh, progenitor of the concept album. Oh, yeah. Like, even if it, even if you're in a completely different genre, Sergeant Prepper is still what you're going Sergeant after. Prepper? So, pardon? You said Sergeant Prepper. Prepper? Prepper. Come on, it was like Sergeant 20... Preppy Prepper. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know, I'm co- totally dismantling your serious argument. I have a vision but... in my head now. No, I, I think that the flow of that album has inspired a lot of other music, despite what genre you're in. But to say that it's inspired all of Western rock, that's there's a heavy just so many yeah. different brands of it, that the music that's in it, even Sergeant Pepper itself, is not all rock. Nope. At all. Well, no, I'm just saying this is this is a quote that stuck with me. Over the past freaking 12 years, 13 years of my life. Fair enough. This is something I've pointed to. I, I, and it, it's one of my saddest facts that I've never got to experience Sgt. Pepper's as a new album. Mm. Well, I never, yeah. I never yeah. actually no, this got is true. that. I, I, that is the first, my first experience to the I Beatles. Look, I grew yeah. up with it. I, yeah. I never just found it me, you know, at a mature either, yeah. age. And I've never actually come across an album that has done something like it's that. It's the same vinyl, actually, that my parents had that was purchased when it was new. Which That's probably was scratched up. You Believe it or not, my parents keep their vinyls in excellent condition. Ah, uh, treated with reverence. Yes. Like it should My be. father's the same way, yep. with his vinyl records. But yeah. I'm, I'm, what I'm getting at, I'm looking for that Because I've been into people's basements. Oh, Man, shit. some people ruin their vinyls. I have a point. Yeah. <laughs> my, I'm gritting my teeth now. Um. So what I was saying, Steve, was that... Oh, I'm going to stab you both. Where's my knife? I have a point, and I wanted to get back to... <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking for that. That's something I've been looking, looking for. Looking for what? I forgot everything you were saying. A turning point <laughs> album. The paradigm shift. 
Yeah. And I think... Uh, I think science calls it a flashpoint. So did DC. Uh, something, no, something that actually... That's womp, a whole different womp. thing. It's something that really changes the way thinking is done. I'm looking for a musical flashpoint. I think it's interesting be... to scroll through all the different ways there are to say uh, change. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, I'm, the word I'm using, flashpoint, I mean, specifically, they, it's, it's that point where thinking it, changes. It inspires you know what? change. This is kind of a segue back into the genrefication conversation, which is absolutely eternal. You could always go back to it. But the reason I'm connecting it here is because I do think that's going to be progressively more difficult in the future as a result of the information sharing that we have going on right now. As there's well so as much the information, of there's music so much itself. music music that is just fusing every single day. We're at a point where we almost take fusion for granted. No, no, diffusion. The fact that there's such oh, a yeah. broad category of what could be considered music but nowadays. Fusion as well. Like we take we take genres that ha- have previously never had anything to do with each other. We're all of a sudden meeting and having babies. We take that for granted. Yeah, it's kind of common now. Yeah. It's and actually I'm not saying comment. anything necessarily against it. I'm just saying that it is going to make us a lot more snooty when it comes to that paradigm shift that yeah. you want. I don't know if it'll stand out as much because there's so just so much more yeah. now. Just in general, just so much more. Which is why I spend way too much time on YouTube when I'm at work looking at videos and listening to music from people I've never heard of before. And I hate to say it, but there's so much that I skip nowadays from bands I like. Well, Maybe some, not love, yeah. but like, but I'm, uh, it's, it's rehash. It's like, or I heard this better. Or I'm not really getting into it, and I just, auto, I just auto-skip some stuff. You have to. Life, life is short. There's yeah. so much. Like, but it hurts. Do you remember that statistic um, that came from the, the video? Will we ever run out of music? Yeah. There's so much music that is out right now. We could live and die like... Not here, like a million times over, and still not finished. Not hear every sound that there is to hear. Yeah, I think this is kind of a good place to wrap up. I like this paradigm shift thing that came up, and I I think that I kind of like that. I feel like I should have a pipe (laughs) and a monocle and be like, "Mm, yes, quite, Mm, quite. I remember back in the day, I was hunting wildebeest. I feel feel like no, I should have a two-barreled shotgun hanging on the wall. Right, I have a point now. Oh. There's an article I came across recently, and I think this is going to be the point that we're going to wrap up on, because just as a bit of a metaphor here, this article was actually talking about the space race and everything, how the older generation is always saying, oh man, we used to be so much more into space in the 60s and 70s. This, like, we originally had a future, we, the future used to be better. Yeah. That was that was one of the big quotes here. And this article was completely refuting that entire perspective and calling it unproductive. That it's very silly to look at the past and be... Look at this whole glorified nostalgia of the past and say, man, the future used to be better because the longer we perpetuate that, then how can we ever live up to it? We're sort of self-perpetuating that doubt in the future of today. A doubt... Perpe- uh, perpetuating our doubt in our ability to actually just make a change now and do it. And as far as I'm concerned, this very easily applies to music. Absolutely. You could, I mean, we could... If you keep promoting albums like Sgt. Pepper, not that we should by any means, you know, take 
the greats and just kind of brush them under the rug. We should always keep those on a pedestal, but uh, we shouldn't say that um, that the paradigm shift is impossible. I'm I giving. Didn't, more I didn't say a, that. I said I'm looking. For right. It. I'm actually really contradicting myself here because oh, there's okay. two ways to look at it. One is that it's going to be a lot more difficult. The other way is just keep trying, keep like let let that inspiration flow, and that's one let's of the reasons I pointed. Swimming. Let's keep. Swimming. Uh, uh, that's one of the reasons swimming. I pointed out that in that article, uh, in the other article actually about um, when will we ever run out of music? One of the reasons why I made the case for get as much exposure as you can, because the more exposure you can, the more inspiration you will have. And, Improvisation, and, all of that, and also to kind of drive that home never in the last year and the last 37 episodes we've been doing this did i ever think for a minute i'd ever hear a sing like Dar- song like darlings of Lumberland. it didn't even cross it's my even, mind and that's those darlings. moments the fact that you had that experience that that makes me just love music right yes. there. that tells me that it's possible you just gotta keep on going you may not it's, i never thought i'd hear 20 second songs that should be tacky that should infuriate me. <laughs> string together and just do something different. And something yeah. I appreciate. I'm coming from a bit of a different perspective here. These kinds of things I have heard before. I'm glad to hear you kind of come over to my side here. But, um, it's, you know, I've also heard it done wrong. So, just goes to show there's two sides of every coin. Yeah. But, um, but I think that the, I kind of like how well this album discussion went. Not to kind of pull us out of the moment, but it's just... It was a proof of how good of an album it was. I'm just so in it right now. Oh, God, John. Uh, Okay, let's go out of it. Yes, let's. Um, Uh, Steve, do you have a fan email for us? Yes, I do. You're beautiful. Hi, Kirk. Nice page. Nice picture. Aren't you surprised that I'm the first one to sign your book here? Bet you never saw this coming. Wow. Bye. It's not even important. <laughs> okay. By over-enthusiastic girlfriend? Sure. Oh, God. I don't know. That's what it sounds like. Wait, do we have a cast member? Oh, shush! I was just going to say... <laughs> no! No more voice. It was not Incredulous voice. I was going to say... Close. He was going to do the Incredulous No, actually, voice. I was just going to ask if we had a fourth podcaster I didn't know about. Oh. Named Kirk. Oh. Did, do, is there a Kirk? Uh, no. That was by our Booth's Outlets. Oh, okay. Wrong. Okay. We sh- you should write back to them that there is no Kirk here <laughs> and let them know. Hello, um, you've reached Crash Code's podcast. We're not Kirk. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, so, uh, John's picking our album for next week. And I've been raving about them and I've been in love with them. Ever since Joe their- Rude mentioned them? Yeah, I'm going to have to like either bake them a cake or kick them in the shins. Um, Was this again? Spinal Tap Giraffe? What? What? <laughs> Stop Steam, speaking, Steve. Steam powered giraffe. Powered. Okay. Steam powered giraffe, yeah, and the album is called the Two Cent Show. Hmm. They're a, a steampunky band. This is this is an oldie timey steamboat and rail horses. I think I had that in my pocket. I You'll, think I had two cents. I I am in love with this band. So that will be our uh, audio and visual and all the other things automatonic. All the things. Harmonic, whatever that song is, I still can't get Say it. Say the right. name of the song. Automatic electronic harmonic. I did Ooh, it. I did it. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that'll be our album next week. Of course, guys, thank you for listening. You know the deal. Comment, donate, yada yada yada. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm hoping in the future to actually like predict. 
breaks and stuff like that. I kind of forgot about Passover till the day of. Well, you guys so, got a calendar. Use it. Yeah. But um, we're going to try and get back in the flow of articles. And if any of you out there want to submit guest pieces, contact me. We're Crash Chords Podcast at gmail. Uh, Crash Chords Blog at gmail.com. So send us an email. Send us a writing sample if you want to write with us. That's good. Yeah. And that's, that's about it. And uh, who wants to do the sign-off this week? I'm going to be really like open about it do it like Jimmy like Jimmy can you yeah, do it like, do it like Jimmy? Jimmy can you can you uh, this is a Crash Course podcast music life life good